This summer, we're bringing you double Koi gig. For me, she's the best English centre-back. Play your best players in their best position. I don't think the captain is droppable, particularly after making the statement of dropping Steph Houghton. Subscribe to the OTB Koi gig pod on the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Connacht Rugby are actually organising a special provincial-wide charity cycle on Saturday the 13th of August. It's an aid of Sligo native Claire Carpenter. On the 10th of February, the 35-year-old Sligo native Claire Carpenter suffered a serious and life-changing event. So Care for Claire is the name of the cycle. After a few days of feeling unwell, she suffered a stroke at her home in Killeney. And after being rushed to the ICU of Beaumont, she was placed in an induced coma for over a week following a life-saving operation. She's now thankfully on the road to recovery, but significant funds need to be raised to allow her to continue her rehabilitation in Dunleary and eventually lead an independent life at home. The 218-kilometre cycle from the sports ground uh, in Galway to Sligo RFC will involve both Connacht staff members and club volunteers, all with the aim of raising much-needed funds. You can support this event on social using the hashtag CareForClaire. One person participating in it is Connacht head coach Andy Friend. Andy, good morning to you. How are you? I'm very well, thanks, mate. How are you? Yeah, good. Um, initiatives like this are like they're hugely important for the individual at the centre of it, but it's also a, a kind of measure of the community aspect of your team and the people who work with you and the supporters of the team as well. So, you know, it's it's important that stuff like this happens, not just for the individual, but also just to kind of remind everybody that the community is a real thing, that the community of Connacht Rugby is a real thing, and when one of their own needs help, they're there for them. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, the, you know, the three words that that uh, depict our values are ambition, belief, and community. And community's probably the biggest one. Um, and as you said correctly, there's something like this happens to to uh, a staff member and staff member's partner uh, in Clare. Three young kids. Um, you know, everyone wants to get behind that. Everyone wants to support, and and it shows you the power of community. To be honest with you, and and also the power of rugby that. Um, yeah, there has been such amazing support already, but uh, yeah, this is another initiative that's, that's come forward to to try and raise some much-needed funds for, for Claire and her family. How much of the cycle will you be doing? I'll try and do the whole thing, mate. Right, okay, 218 kilometres, because um, one of the times we spoke to you over the last 18 months, you'd um, suffered a bit of an injury. I hope you're fully recovered ahead of a cycle that distance. Yeah, it'll uh, it'll test it out, but yeah, I, that's that's about 17 months ago now I did a well, not even that, maybe 14 months ago, I did a quad tendon. But um, I've been back on the bike knowing that, uh, that, that the 13th of August is looming. So um, I've got some Ks in the legs. We'll see how we go. Right, OK. Uh, how, how has your off-season been? What's it been like? Yeah, it's been good. It's been a good break. Um, but we're back now. We're back into training. So uh, we had our first day yesterday and, and it was mentioned to the players. We talked about important dates for the players and the 13th of August was the first one we put up. It's an important one for us as a squad uh, because players will be involved along along that route. We're dropping into the five counties of Connacht um, and, and we're going to have some, some fan days there too. So it'll be a, a huge event for us. Um, but yeah, the boys are back. They're, they're ready to go and uh, we got nine weeks before our first game. Right. Um, famously, after the first Ireland win against the All Blacks in Chicago, there was a picture of all the, the Connacht lads on the field. There was another one at the weekend. It's becoming... Um, fairly consistent that uh, a strong Connacht representation is a prerequisite when we do beat the All Blacks so um, I guess there's plenty plenty talk about that uh, amongst your squad like, how do you make sure that 
the, the buzz around the players that are there representing Ireland at the weekend feeds into and serves as an inspiration for the squad who are training in the sports ground and, and doing the hard yards with, I'm sure, the very unpleasant pre-season. Yeah, well, you know, we, we're, a very, we're a very tight squad and, uh, you know, with the five lads that are over there as well as um, Pete Wilkins and Robbie Fox, who's one of our masseuses, you know, we've got seven, a contingent of seven kind of uh, men over there. Um, and everyone's always you're in contact with 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 uh, with them whilst you're going. So there's a real buzz that's come out of that. Um, yeah, we've been on off season, but you're never off. Um, I will say that. So it's been nice to be able to every Saturday morning get up and and uh, or Wednesday a few weeks ago today this morning now that with that Maori game that's on, get up and watch a bit of footy and, and watch some of your teammates and your colleagues actually. Um, pulling on the green of Ireland and, and doing their best for them. So there is a real buzz around that. And I know uh, we're missing the game this morning because we actually talked about pausing training to watch it, but um, it's the second day of our pre-season. So we want to just make sure we get things ticking on. We'll all be watching the game on Saturday, no doubt. Do you watch the game together uh, as a kind of contingent? No, we don't. But there's a lot of texting going on in between them, that's for sure. And do you find yourself like getting uh, extra motivated and extra animated when... It's uh, Bundy on the ball or, or one of the Connick boys. Yeah, you do. Like, you know, you, you, you take a real interest and a real care for those men. So when you see them involved, uh, it's fantastic. When Pete Wilkins gets up and speaks with 20 minutes to go in the games, that's been brilliant to watch as well. So, uh, listen, there's, a, there's always your own, uh, you, you wear the glasses of the, of the province you work for. So whenever our fellas are, are touching the footy, it's, it's, uh, the heart rate goes up a touch. Um, but you're also very proud of the fact that, that Ireland had done so well on the weekend. Kim Prendergast is, is obviously playing there now. He's your Young Player of the Year. He's got an extended deal with you guys. Can you talk to us a bit about his evolution? Because obviously, you know, he's he's being talked about as somebody who's a, a, a potential successor to Peter O'Mahony, which is massive praise, but it doesn't seem ridiculous. It seems like, yeah, everybody can kind of see it. Yeah, he's got a very bright, bright future. I mean, he's, he's a good rugby player. Um, you need that, but but more importantly, you need to have the right attitude. And, and what Keane's got is the right attitude. He's you know he's uh, he's very very professional about he, the way he goes about his business. Um, he sets himself really uh, stretch worthy goals, I'll call them. But um, he's got you know strong goals there where he wants to get to. He know he knows where he wants to go, and and he's not afraid to ask questions or do the work. And you know that that. That's what the best players do, um, from my experience. Uh, I've seen a lot of talented footballers, but if you haven't got the right attitude to go with it, um, they tend not to reach the dizzy heights. So um, for Keane, yeah, I think the world's his oyster at the moment. Brilliant that he's getting that experience over there and uh, and he'll come back. And uh, listen, he'll have to fight hard because we've got you know, some new additions to our squad this year as well with, uh, with Josh Murphy coming in, with Seamus Hurley-Langdon coming in, Paul Boyle. He's looking great, come back from pre-season. Uh, Connor Oliver, um, Jared Butler, a couple of young academy fellows coming through as well. So it won't be a walk-up start for him, but that's what you want to. And that's why I'm really proud of the, the squad we've got together because everyone's going to have to be at their best if they want to wear that 1-15 to jersey. What does that extra work ethic look like in a modern rugby dressing room? What are you seeing from Keen Prendergast that suggests that he does have that ability to go the extra mile? Yeah, it, it's it's the, the attention to detail on the small things. So um, you know, the way he'll pour over a, a video clip and, and then come in and ask questions about that. He wants to be challenged. He wants to be coached. Uh, he's not afraid to be out there doing his extras. Um, you, you, the, the, the better players tend to be the ones that get in early and do their stuff. You know, sometimes you can, you can get 
tripped tripped up a little bit by you know having players that they want to be seen in there, but you know the blokes who want to be seen in there, and you know the blokes who are just in there because that's what they do, and that's that's what makes them them. And, and Keane's one of them. He's he doesn't he couldn't give two hoots whether we're watching out the window, but uh, he's just doing his stuff because he knows it's going to make him better. Um, and you get that vibe off him. So listen, he's he's uh, he's very professional. Uh, he's very driven, and and as I said before, he's he's got a very bright future. We saw Jack Hardy. Um posting pictures from his hospital bed of um, the, the surgery. When do you expect him back? Will he be ready for the start of the season? Yeah, we hope so. He's, he's got another scan on that uh, or an appointment on that, on that wrist um, over the coming, coming weeks. So we'll get a, a further update. But I think it's the best thing that Jack could have done. Um, the wrist wasn't right. Um, it's, it's a long season. It's heading into a World Cup year as well. So, um, you know, from my side, Jack Cardi, to me, he's one of the best best tens in the country. So, but he needs to be fit. So, in order to get him fit, he needed to get that wrist right. Um, we'll get him back to Connor as quickly as we can, and hopefully, that is for round one. He's spoken very eloquently about the difficulties in the aftermath of the last World Cup. Um, you know, the, the the job that you have is really difficult because there's obviously like we're we're watching it this morning, and Mac Hansen has has come from the far side of the world straight into the team and is now a key member of it. So you've got. You've got to manage everything when it comes to how people's international aspirations are uh, feeding into their day-to-day job with you guys. Is that like just an individual thing where you talk to the players individually about what's going on? Or do you try and set goals for everybody collectively that if we all improve, if we win more games, it's going to be harder and harder for the selectors to overlook you? Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a there's an individual element to it. Um, and the individual element is dependent upon... Uh, whether the players getting selected or not, those that are getting selected, whether it be for Connacht or for for Ireland, tend to be the happy ones. Those that aren't, um, you know, it, it's tough for them because rejection and, and non-selection is not something they, they're used to. These young blokes have come through junior programs and school programs and, and underage programs where they've been, they've always been there, they've always been picked. So you've got to try and manage that at the same time. Um, uh, you know th- th- they've got their own aspirations for not only Connacht but for the for for their for their country. So uh, it's it's never ending and um, and it changes from week to week. Um, you know someone can be on top of the world and everything's going well. All of a sudden you get an injury and now they're out and that injury takes them four weeks. But in that four weeks someone else has come over and looked really good and then we keep selecting them and you know what was someone sitting on on top of the world, they're trying to climb their way back up the ladder and, and you've got to work with those young blokes. But that's part of being a pro footballer. It's part of life. Um, it's not always plain sailing. And um, I'll go back to the reason we started this call today. You, you know, we're talking about um, Ross and Claire and, and their life was sailing along. They were a happy young family and, and just like that, it changed. Um, but but there is, there's always a, there's always tomorrow, there's always a future and there's always hope if you're, if you're prepared to work hard for it and uh you know, and when you get people behind you like we do for our rugby players or like the community's going to for, for both Ross and Claire and the family, the kids, um, you do see that there is hope out there and it does push you on a little bit further and, and that's what it's all about. So, um, yeah, footy's a, a microcosm of life. Um, what we're seeing with, with um, the Care for Claire ride is, is an extension of that into the really important part of the community. It's very easy sometimes to lose that context in a professional sports environment where everything that everybody does in their day job builds towards the performance and the result of the weekend and it's pretty fair to say last season the results didn't go the way you would have wanted them to Um, you know you can't compare the difficulties that 
those guys are, are going through with the day job and yet at the same time you feel like you kind of have to represent them now as well so I, I don't know if it like we're all talking about meaning and purpose particularly in a um, in a work environment and like uh, post-COVID everybody is searching for something that will give our lives and, and embellish them a little bit more with a, a sense of purpose uh, is this is this all part of Connacht finding even deeper purpose and, and deeper meaning? Yeah, I think it's it, you know it's it's probably as you said there post COVID everyone's reset. You hit the reset button and the things we used to do pre COVID, you can look back. Most of us look back on and say, "Geez, we were busy fools, weren't we?" And 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 we have to have learned something out of COVID. But but I think as the world's starting to open up again too, you you know the, the words perspective and and uh, expectation. Um, uh, are two words for me. You know, put put things in perspective. Um, not the expectation, I should say, acceptance and acceptance of what we've currently got. They're two really powerful words that I think have come out of out of COVID. And and for us, um, where we get the opportunity like this for Claire and her family um, to care for Claire Ride. Now, there's been a few things that have happened there. There's been a raffle. There's been uh, a GoFundMe page. It's been enormously well supported for lots of reasons because people are looking for. For, for the opportunity to support and and uh, and I think it's you know it's the growth again in in Connacht rugby. Um, uh, I mentioned at the front end there our values are ambition, belief, and community. Now you can never you can never be over ambitious. I don't believe you've got to keep striving because the next there's another opportunity for you. You've got to have enormous belief as to what you're about, and that comes through the rich history of of Connacht Rugby 1886 and um, 1885, sorry, when, when, when the whole thing started. Um, and then this community thing is just going to grow and grow and grow. We've got a new facility coming here, which is going to add to the community. We've got clubs, 26 clubs out there through Connacht. We've got a playing group that want to play a, foot, a brand of footy that excites the community and, and inspires. So all of those things, to me, just continue to layer on the depth of, of what Connacht Rugby is all about and then gives us as the participants in that, uh, a real joy to be able to go out there and do that. Did, did you always have that point of view, Andy? Like that idea that it is part of a wider context, what you were doing even as a player and in your early days as as a coach, or is that something that you had to learn over time? I, I, I probably learned it over time. I mean, I've never, I've never just been singularly focused on rugby, but certainly the longer you've been in the game, this is my, I'm about to start my 29th year of pro coach. And so there's been a lot of, a lot of water under that bridge, but um yeah, and certainly as you go through life too, um, other other obstacles land in your way and you start to realise that, geez, we're pretty fortunate just to be able to coach footy and there's a lot more to life than footy. So, um, yeah, for me, it, it's definitely something that I've learnt. Um, I said I, I've never been just singly focused on rugby, but but the longer that I'm in the game now, the more that I do see the broader breadth of it and, and, uh, and what it can offer, um, not only ourselves at work in it, but everyone else that that either watches it, supports it, has some touch with it. Um, it's, it's a pretty powerful obstacle, actually. What would a successful season look like for you guys? I'm not asking for the, the you know, the secrets of the changing room here to be revealed, but like, um, how, 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 when you sit down and go, well, what will the end of the year, I look back and go, yeah, that was a really good one. What's on that list for you? Yeah, well, we, we haven't, we haven't discussed that as a team just yet, but, but I'll tell you because you know I don't think it changes. Our goal is is to always get in the Champions Cup. Now we're not in the Champions Cup this year, which is the first time in the last four years that we haven't been in the Champions Cup. At the same time, the fact that we're in the Challenge Cup, I believe, gives us a, a much stronger 
opportunity to do two things. To one, try and win a Challenge Cup. That would be brilliant. Um, I think the last three years has proven to ourselves that we do belong in the Champions Cup. And now we're not in it this year. So if we honestly think we belong there and we, we think we should be getting into finals, knockout stage as well, we've got to set the stool out there that we want to go and win the Challenge Cup. So that's going to be a, that would be a massive achievement for us, but I don't think it's beyond our reach. And the second thing is we want to get back in the Champions Cup. So you've got to finish in the top, top half of the, of the URC. That's our bread and butter. Um, that's where we want to get to. So for us to be able to achieve those two things, get in the knockout stages of, of Challenge Cup, get back into the Champions Cup, we would have had a very successful season. Obviously, the, um, the league has become much more difficult with the arrival of the best franchises from South Africa as well. So that challenge, you know, in previous years, you might have looked at it and gone, OK, I can see how we're going to get this number of wins and this number of points. Uh, that has definitely changed the dynamic. What, what's that been like in terms of preparation and just the challenge that that, that poses? Yeah, I mean, you know, four new rugby teams that all play a slightly different style. And now you've also got, um, you know, the travel of, of, of going across there and having two weeks over there, um, which which we'd had with, with the Cheetahs and the Kings, but slightly different. They're better rugby teams. Um, and, and other rugby teams are now getting stronger too. Like you look at some of the, the signings that have gone on at the Scarlets this year and, and, uh, and Benetton, for example, like everyone's getting stronger. So... Uh, yeah, but I'm excited. At the same time, we've we've got a, a second year of a program where uh, we've got a, we, as you know, last year we had a new coach instruction. We've got that rolling around again. We just had our first day yesterday. I can tell you the difference between our first day yesterday and our first day last year when we had our new key principles that we, we that you know we that were introduced last year, chalk and cheese. So we just had a meeting there this morning as a group of coaches, and we're all pretty buoyed by the fact that. We're a long way further than we were this time last year. We've got a new rugby field coming this year at um, at the sports ground, so that's going to assist us in playing the style of rugby we want to play. So, um, yeah, it, as we also know, like life does keep changing. Um, new rugby teams have entered. The competition's getting stronger, but at the same time, I think we're getting stronger, and I think you know we're, we're continuing to build and learn to adapt to, to the brand of footy that we want to play, and um, I'm really happy with the squad we've got as well. So I'm excited by the year ahead. Are the key principles the same as this time last year or have they changed a little bit? No, they stay the same. And I reckon that's that's the key to key principles. Yeah, you gotta you can't keep chopping and changing. You've got to set your stall out and that's what you believe in and, and that's what we do believe in. So we'll roll that on again. We'll 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 have additions to it. So we'll we'll layer on again. It won't just be rolling out the same menu that we did last year, but uh, certainly the foundations that we put in place last year will put us in really good stead for this year well listen we wish you the very best of luck with the season and if anybody does want to help and, and get involved and um, like uh, is the cycle open to public participants or is it just you guys who are doing it and, and having the days along the way what's the best way for people because I think you know you're right people do want to help yeah, listen, there will be, um, there'll, there'll be a lot more information coming out about the cycle. What we're going to have, it's because it's, it's such a long cycle. Um, we've, we've targeted a cyclist from each club to come and try and join us. Um, so it'll be, there'll be about 20 cyclists on the trip and that's it. I think as we get to the last 16 kilometers into Sligo, anyone can join us from that stage. So the more the merrier there, but along the way, we're going to have, a, I think it's at least four stopovers where people can come and join us. Um, we'll have players there. We'll have the cycling group will come in there. Um, there'll be chance for photos and and and, uh, and some ball games and all the rest of it. Um, so it, listen, as as we get closer to it, so it's uh, it's not too far away now. But 
um, 13th of, of August. But as we get closer to it, some more information will come out about that and, and we should be able to get a lot of people involved with it. Well, listen, Andy, we wish you the very best of luck with it. Thanks for joining us today. Cheers. On you, mate. Thank you for that. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. 